admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Bonjour, Monsieur Bond. Where's 007? I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. My God, what's Bond doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Well, tell him to pull out. Immediately. Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond? The martini, shaken, not stirred. Hang on, James. The thought had occurred to me. Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking. You have a nasty habit of surviving. What they say about the fittest. Do you lose as gracefully as you win? I wouldn't know. I've never lost. No more foreplay. to another episode of Bond Backwards. Today we are going to be talking about Goldfinger, which is uh, genuinely, generally, generally regarded as the best, not just the greatest Bond movie of all time, but the number one best Bond film. I don't know that that's true. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think you can get five Bond fans in a room and get them to agree on what the best Bond movie is. Everyone has their own... Everyone has their own thing, you know? Hi, I'm Adam, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, that's Adam in, in America, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's undeniable that when you think about the stereotype of the 60s, especially the Bond movies of the Connery era, it's hard to look past Goldfinger. And I think the formula of Goldfinger is the one which the rest of the films really follow. And, um, you know, Dr. No and From Russia With Love have done what they've done. And this is kind of a mix of both and uh, and also add some new elements. Um, and I think it's, um, I think, you know, there is, a, there is an argument to say that the beginning two thirds maybe of this film is pretty much as good as Bond gets. And I think maybe, I think we've both spoken about this before that it's really the end of this movie that gets a bit that sort of lets the side down yeah i i would sort of like to make the argument that i think the first half of this film is great i think yeah. everything is really really good everything else after the whole no mr bond i expect you to die bit <laughs> doesn't hold up as well and i think in the second half of the film there are parts of the movie that have really not aged that well well, of course. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, that, I mean, and I think in regards to the whole, oh, I'm going to take this lesbian and I'm going to turn her straight in this slightly rapey barn scene that's a bit like Hell High Plains Drifter. But yeah, uh, yes. yeah, to be just, I think, I don't know. I, and also the whole thing about him like blowing up Fort Knox and making it radioactive, it's not it's not really that interesting i don't know why it it just it doesn't has it doesn't have the same sort of appeal that something like you know nuclear destruction in thunderball or you know you only live twice or something like in from like something in from russia with love like trying to get all the information and things like that and whatever dr no is doing and whatever dr no is doing <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. yeah um the setup of fort knox as a location, which is a great choice, and someone having an atomic bomb uh, is is one which, you know, you really should be able to make something pretty good out of that, and it doesn't quite land, although I do think the scene with the atomic bomb in the gold vault, it, which is obviously designed by Ken Adam, um, the production designer, is it's so good. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's great, and that's very suspenseful. I will also say, just in terms of the aging, uh, not particularly well, there's also a hefty amount of, like, anti-Asian racism in this and sort of stereotyping. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, so it just gets a slap on the wrist for that as well. Um, 
but also the whole thing about like he's he he's captured Bond. He knows about Operation Grand Slam, but he keeps Grand him alive. Slam. And he's like having drinks with him and forcing Pussy Galore, played by Honor Blackman, may she rest in peace, uh, coming out and wearing something a bit revealing and stuff like that. And then you have like Felix Leiter, Sam Spade wannabe hiding in the bushes. And yeah, what the hell's going on with that? The CIA in Doctor No, as embodied by Jack Lord, looks cool. The CIA in Thunderball, as embodied by Rick Van Nutter, looks cool. Guys in suits, sunglasses. They're mm-hmm. carrying weapons. They're like, you know. They seem to they seem to know their way around and 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 be able to call in backup if necessary. These guys are just these sort of schlubs in tweed suits and little like golf hats, and yeah. they're just you know they're just like oh, well something's going on there, and uh, the rest of the, they're just saying where's like, your butler friend? <laughs> they're just they're just yeah they're just sort of sitting around in like Burger King waiting for something to happen. They're yeah. the shit, they're the shittest CIA ever. Um, David fucking Niven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, th- these guys are not the ones who, uh, who you know, who installed Pinochet. Uh, these guys couldn't, you know, fucking organize a bum rape in a barracks to quote another um, <laughs> thick of it line. But like, you know, they're, they're not. There's something amazing that happens, as you say, in that scene where like all of the energy of this film just disappears. Like it sort of it runs into this lake of custard and just stops. And it's just like you see. A situation where you've got your bad guy, you've set him up to be like brutal, frightening. You've got your hero who's sort of confident and and has got a bunch of you know technology on his side, and you've got this mysterious leading lady, and and they're sitting down having mint juleps in the least threatening location you could possibly imagine, like rural Kentucky. Yeah, um, but they it, never shot. They never shot that in Kentucky. They everything is shot in England, like all the Fort Knox stuff. That is Pinewood Studios. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, they're apart from good, the, they're doing a good job of it. Yeah, apart from like the beginning scene in Miami at the hotel, like like with sort of being long scene, like long shot scenes and things like that. That was all in America, but everything else, like close-ups and they had backdrops of like, you know, pool. But they did they did some stuff in Switzerland though. Yeah, I mean, they did stuff in Switzerland, but of course they did stuff in Switzerland because of that glorious hotel on the on the road, which is on the front cover of the Wes Anderson uh, photograph. Accidentally, is it accidentally Wes Anderson? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on the front cover of that picture book. And Sean Connery did stay there quite a lot when the hotel was operational. They they, uh, did not shoot in America. Apart from briefly, that's that's mildly interesting. Um, Yeah, so um, yeah, it's not. um, Yeah, so it just yeah. I think that the second half of the film is just a sort of like, it's a bit of a sort of. "Mm, This isn't quite. It's a bit bit of a slog. It's well, it's yeah, it's it's slow and it's sort of boring. And then I mean, you do get the you do get a couple of moments of like, oh, that's funny, like the. her flying circus people emerging from their planes. That's a great Bond moment and obviously very um, 60s and a little bit like um, uh, exploitative or whatever, you know, but it's it's all in good fun. And, um, but then, yeah, as you say, there's some, there's just a lot of random weird shit that goes on and, and you really feel like above everything else, they just should have killed Bond when they had the chance. He doesn't know anything. They should have cut him in half with the fucking laser and left it at that. And then yeah. that's very... Um, that's very frustrating that he doesn't um that he doesn't find a way out there like i always find that the scene where he just gets tranquilized and then he becomes like goldfinger's pet it's like, that is a disappointing outcome what should have happened is what happens in the simpsons episode that does yeah. where he flips the coin and that makes the laser cut his uh t- cut his ties and stuff and he's able to escape from the laser cutting thing and then obviously yeah. he just tackles him but um it's he genius just- isn't it mr bunt <laughs> Yeah, um, but but yeah, so I, I I find it, I I was when I remember so clearly watching this the first time, being like, I'm disappointed that he's not escaped. Like, I'm disappointed that he's been captured, um, because Bond, yeah, you, you know, Bond doesn't Bond should be on the outside trying to get in. He shouldn't be on the on the inside being essentially useless, uh, which he is. Um, so it's a little bit. Um, it's a bit stop start because every time he yeah. sort of breaks out, but then he gets captured again. He breaks out and then he gets captured again. And then they lock him up on a nuclear bomb, and then he has a fight with Odd Job and electrocutes him, and then that's yeah. But that's all good. I mean, that from yeah. from now from that moment from the moment they lock them in the vault, the film is back to to having yeah. fun. There's that's, a bit of energy and a, a bit of tension. That any, that's a situation that anyone can get behind as a viewer. There's an yeah. atomic bomb that he's handcuffed to, and he's trying to like 
fight his way past this impossible villain who doesn't feel any pain and who has a steel rimmed hat. I just, um, you know, I, I think that the 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 problem is if you if you spend too long, as you say, like Bond is captured, he escapes, he gets captured again. It doesn't. It's a, he should get captured once and escape once, I think. Mm. And he does that loads. I mean, think about Octopussy, for fuck's sake. Or think about, that's just the first one that pops into my head. But he's, he's always being captured and always escaping. Yes. <sighs> so it's just like, man, I don't know. Um, but let's talk about what's good about Goldfinger. I think one of the... I there's think a lot of, there's a there's lot, a lot of, of good stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff. I think it's not like... It's, it's not like any of it's not on any level like any of the bad Bond films like anything in the Roger Moore era it just has some qualities that prevents it from being like great like the great film that everyone says it is and you know people give it like five stars and put it like number one on their list I, I still think it is a great Bond film it is a good Bond film um, yeah. I, because I think that e even the second half it can't destroy what's come before yes it doesn't take away absolutely brilliant um you know early to mid 60s um awesome spy shit you know like it's just uh to use the technical term um it is just but, like but it's, it's where the, just going just going chronologically like the pre-credit sequence is hilarious and I, yes. I love it i mean he 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 turns up does he have a duck on his head yeah, he has a duck on his head. He literally yeah. has a duck on his head, and he's in a wetsuit. And he goes in, he puts out some toothpaste, and then he um, he takes off his wetsuit. He's in a tuxedo, tuxedo a white he tuxedo. A, he goes to a cool, yeah, with a flower. He goes to a cool looking bar. And also, by the way, sorry, that should be dinner jacket for our dinner uh, jacket. Yes. Yeah, British years. Um, he goes to a cool looking bar. He meets some dude. They're like, I'll see you in Miami. And um, the thing blows up. And then he goes to have some fun with his lady friend who turns out to be a bad guy she lets it's, it's interesting that there's just one dude with a truncheon is what they send after him assuming that he's just blowing up something quite important that's all they yeah. can spare he overpowers him pretty easily and then there's that um, throws him into the bathtub he, he throws him into the bath and then he electrocutes him with the fan that for yeah. some reason standing on the edge of the bathtub which it should not be doing <laughs> really not safe yeah and then you get the great line shocking positively shocking and that's when the Bond franchise, it like comes get fully to life because you immediately what follows that is the Shirley Bassey the thing. Fanfare. It's not just the Shirley Bassey, it's the fanfare. It's that like bah, 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 bah. you know, it's just yeah. like boom into one of the great, if not the greatest, Bond. Gold finger. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. We've had enough of that. Um, yeah, he here's a man with the Midas touch. Um, a spider's touch. Max power. Bit of trivia. Uh, Michael Caine was actually the first person who heard the music written by John Barry. What? Because I can't play me a song. No, because what, uh, what have you been? What have you been working on recently? <laughs> Sit down at that piano and play me something that you've written recently. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, him and Terence Stamp, they were living together, and then they were kicked out of their flat. And so Michael Caine asked John Barry, "Could I stay with you?" And while Michael Caine was staying with him, he was kind of kept up during the night because John Barry was like working on the music. And I just then, imagine like every Michael Caine sleeping and then suddenly hearing this like full band like, burr, burr, like what are you doing? I'm trying it to get to sleep. Here I am in the fucking morning, John. I am tired of you playing Goldfinger in the middle of the night. Okay, I've had it. How would you like your eggs in the morning? Yeah. I like mine with a smile, all right? Yeah. No, so he actually was the first person who played, like, the first, um, you know, you know, recording of it, which is quite cool. And also, the way that they recorded the Shirley Bassey song, they actually had the credits already laid out. So while she was performing the song, she she had the credits in front of her, so they timed it very well with her music. <laughs> She's like, production designer by Ken Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, at the Starring end of the... Bernard Lee as M. <laughs> And and also like at the you know because the credits take a little bit of a long time and there's like he loves gold 
world like she fainted after that bit because she had to hold that high note while the credits were finishing that last I thought Tom Jones, Tom Jones fainted in the Thunderball one as well it's the same, it's the same. Everyone, they, everyone's fainting yeah it's the same thing with that and the only way that she could well it says here Make on the sure show credit sequences people yeah she said when she recorded the theme song she was singing as the opening credits were running on a screen in front of her so that she could match the vocals when she hit her final high note the titles kept running and she was forced to hold the note until she passed out she has told the story that she that she has told the story that she only managed to hold the note after removing a restricting bustier she was wearing that sounds like an interesting recording session um so, so i just love the idea of her holding the note and then you hear her like crashing through a table <laughs> like, um, yeah. but um, yeah so, so I, I just that that whole bit is so brilliant and then you go into Miami, which is yeah. a good choice of location, and then it's um, you introduce your villain, and you yeah, you know you, and also uh, when he goes up to the hotel room and he meets, uh, what was her name? Uh, oh God, what's her, uh, Jill Masterson? But she's played by Shirley Eaton. Shirley Eaton, yes, and you know he seduces her, and then he she is also. Can we just can we just pause here for a second? Yeah. What the fuck is he wearing? What Sean Connery? That, like blue towel onesie thing <laughs> that he also the dink like bum slap by the way like disgusting. Um, oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Well, was, like the man talk bit like just fuck off with that shit. Um, but like um, you know it, you could say you could say one or yeah it's nineteen sixty four so you get what you get a tap on the bum or you get man talk but you can't do both. But he 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 it's it's it they do that in From Russia with Love he does the slapping of the hand to uh... also it's a little bit sinister because you know Sean Connery did do that interview once where he said that it's okay yeah. to like hit your wife or whatever okay so mm, let's just put a pin in that but he is wearing a ridiculous outfit and um oh and then he also at one point, makes a fucking smart line about listening to the Beatles without wearing earmuffs, which just reveals that he's a massive tosser. You know, just fucking... <laughs> it's 1964. Have you any fucking idea how much cooler the Beatles are than you are, Mr. Bunt? Like, <laughs> like, the Beatles in 1964 are putting out some of the best songs in the history of music, you fucking wanker. And, um, yeah. So anyway. We were bigger than Jesus. Uh, well, they won't soon. Um, and um, but yeah, anyway. So so like that's silly. But that's. The, but also, the, he's not really smart because Gert Frober, who plays Goldfinger, he knows that he's on the walkie-talkie with Shirley Eaton, but he stays in the hotel room. Why didn't they just go to a different place so he didn't he couldn't find him or anything it, like that? It does. It does feel quite. Um, it's one of those classic things of being like, I'm going to have a shag and I don't care very much what happens to the woman. Um, it's like um he she's just gonna be thrown to the to the wolves and and the 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 film doesn't care. Uh she's just um a means to an end. But what this film does in this first sequence is it keeps jumping from iconic moment to iconic moments. You get your shocking positively, shocking. Shirley, uh, Shirley Bassey and then there's this scene that's quite dull at the swimming pool and then you meet Goldfinger and that's a little bit then it's like what's happening here like what is that are we playing a fun game with the guy with the cards and stuff and then he comes out of the kitchen and she's lying on the bed and she's covered in gold yeah and I like and that, the that's they... like wow yeah, and they put it on the poster too. That image is on the poster. Right. I mean, and so you're expecting it. You're maybe not expecting it that early in the film, or you're or you're not necessarily expecting a literal representation of the gold woman. And it's like it's everything Bond movies sort of aspire to be. It's first yeah. and foremost completely ridiculous. Secondly, it's highly sexual, like sort of, but not pornographic no it's not um, i don't think it's gratuitous it's not like a russ meyer film it's not gratuitous no no no. but it's it's that in that sort of sweet spot of the bond yeah. sort of, you know it's 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 you know it's soft core to use it yeah use, uh, do you want to do you want to hear the what the original line was when he is introduced to honor blackman's pussy galore it, which was the line in the original script what do, what is it okay so he wakes up and she says, my name is Pussy Galore. And he says, I must be dreaming. In the original script, he replies by saying, I know you are, but what's your name? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Mr. Galore was my father's name. No, um, I, yeah, but what, but, but so you get this gold plated woman, it's ridiculous, it's sexual, and it's extravagant. And that's the, that's the sort of the Bond formula 
um, one of the Bond formulas that really works. The, and then it's back to London, time to meet M, time to listen to the scheme. And, um, and you get this like brilliant um, setup with the golf club and the, the, the Nazi gold. And it is very funny. I cannot help watching this and being reminded of Donald Trump because Goldfinger is so similar to Trump in that way that everything yeah. is bawdy and extravagant, but he also cheats at golf. Yeah. It, very, it seems very um, apt to compare the two. Um, he does look a bit Trumpy in with his like hair and his like his face and stuff. When he first meets Bond and he looks at him, he's like, how do you do? You can imagine yeah. like Trump being a bit like that, like, how you do? Yeah, he definitely has some of that like gross orange. Um, anyway, enough of that. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, that's all fun and games. And then it's, um, the, the best thing is that the golf scene could be dull, but then you get the odd job hat throwing thing. And then you go straight from there into the, the chase where he follows him to Switzerland. And of course he follows him in the, the Aston, Aston Martin. Martin. On its own, that car is is worth like great. half this film's value. It is so brilliant. And the and and the other thing, of course, is you get that great scene with Q, who's now established as a proper character. Yeah. But that's like the first that becomes like a staple. Like every time he goes on a mission, he gets the gadgets, he gets the car, he's explained it, and he's told he has to bring it back in one piece. And I think that's you know, the running it, you know, they they get into a good groove in Goldfinger. I will admit that they do get into a good groove where they establish certain aspects that become staples of the genre. Like everything, like the pre-title sequences, the, the themes, they become like really popular. And then you have like they have a they they find a structure. And I think they were sort of trying to find that. They kind of got it in from Rush with Love, but this is where they sort of really get their groove going and what kind of what they do with their films going forward. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Like it it is they're setting up these and it it is you can tell the film feels confident. Like, mm. and that's and it feels very aware of what it's doing um from the very beginning and i think that that's why that sort of final maybe the last third of the film is a little bit disappointing because up till now we've just been being carried through in this masterful way mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's it's I just I love that car, of course. I mean, I mean, it's, it's they had to pay for the car. They Aston Martin were a bit worried about leasing the car to them, and then after the success of the film, they were like, "Yeah, take all the Aston Martins you want." Right, right. I mean, yeah, and you can definitely see why they would have been wary. Um, but it's a, it's it's just so much fun, and the idea that it has, you know, and and what what's great about the and they set this up with the briefcase and from Russia with Love, which is still my favorite Bond gadget. But mm. they they set this up this pattern where Q explains everything that the car can do. Everything becomes necessary. I mean, because that's the thing. It's the old Chekhov's gun thing. It's Chekhov's ejector seat. What if you don't if you don't introduce the ejector seat and then not get to use it, right? And um, and it's the same with the oil slick and the machine guns and the flamethrower and the yes. bulletproof Sudar. And it's like, you know, it, it, it's such a great thing. And like, there's never been a Bond film where he's like, okay, 007, if you click this twice, um, you know, a helicopter will appear and then he doesn't use it, you know, which would be actually a great gag for Bond to have this gadget that he yes. never actually uses. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's so, it's so simple, but so brilliant. And mm. because it means that you, you learn as a viewer and you probably already know to do this because of From Russia With Love, if, if you're watching this for the first time in 1964, you learn to expect that everything will be used. And you're like, yes, he's gonna use the machine guns at some point, you know. I mean, that's the thing they fuck up with Goldeneye. They have the BMW and it, we know what the BMW does, but they just weren't allowed to do anything with it. And that's quite disappointing. I always found like that was the most disappointing but thing. Does it? But the BMW doesn't get a full introduction, does it? It does get an introduction. Like, I think Desmond Llewellyn like explains it and it shows like all the little different things that it does. And then isn't that the world is not enough? No, that's Goldeneye. Oh, fuck's sake. I, Brosnan here is such a car crash. It, anyway, um, you do get the, the BMW sequence in Tomorrow Never Dies. That's pretty good. But look, it's just, it, it, it's, it's sacrilege to even compare the BMW era disaster to this Aston Martin, <laughs> yeah. Aston Martin um, and, and they don't overuse it either like the bond the car appears again in Thunderball and it appears does it even appear yes it does appear in On Her Majesty's Secret Service and it mm. makes an appearance in in certain later films and obviously brilliant comeback in Skyfall but it doesn't yeah. don't overuse it and also the 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 DB8 or whatever he uses in 
that's a that's pretty cool car. Uh, he, um, yeah. So I mean, it's it, it's it's just a it's just a great piece of kit. It's a great uh, toy. It's a great like icon of this what the Bond films sort of are coming to represent, which is this version of cool Britishness that for some reason issues the Beatles but embraces a sort of style that that style that's still very much alive that aesthetic that you see on like you know when you go down like german street you know or you you go into mayfair and you see the shops and stuff like that that you know expensive luxurious but yeah. somehow also a bit formal and old-fashioned with a touch of modern like it's hard to sort of define but it's very much embodied by the connery style in this film like they're not trying to be cool for the kids they're trying to be cool for the kids parents you know it's like it's it's this tension that you see throughout the 60s between like the counterculture and pop culture and then what's actually like mass popular you know what has mass popularity which is like sinatra at you know the mgm grand or whatever it is you know it's like it's it's sort of there is this tension there's a lot of really cool stuff happening but there's also a lot of really safe stayed like you know mass produced um pop culture that is just kind of more you know it's 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 like their constituency is like don draper not yeah. uh you know uh, the, the kids and and that, i know you feel that with these bond films as well like that and, and and you know like we've talked about this before like the bond films always fall down when they try and be cool when they try and be down with the kids when they're like oh look look kids we've got laser guns and it's like shut up yeah and so so you know i think this this film knows its audience and it knows so well what it's doing and um but it keeps itself grounded enough as possible to be entertaining and not too pastiche right it doesn't and, go overboard it doesn't build a secret moon base it doesn't you know it doesn't do it hasn't exactly become a parody of itself yet i think there was this no. is still like the early days of bond where it's still like it's cool it's hip it's you know it's stylish but in a good engaging kind of way and then i as, wouldn't say it's hip i'd say it was that's the thing i mean i'm just saying it's not it's not hip but it is cool yeah it's cool you know what i mean i'd say it's not trying to be down with the kids it's trying to be stylish and cool in a yeah, way yeah. that's more like old not old-fashioned but sort of mature should we say like hip is not what it is um, yes, 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 yes. um but um but like no it, it i yeah so they've set this they've just they've established this pattern and then it's sort of strange that they don't they don't fully land it because the sequence in switzerland is great like he follows him he picks up this mysterious woman who turns out to be uh tilly masterson um and she's great and mm. she doesn't last very long of course but there there is she becomes a sort of agent of of chaos and story momentum which is really useful yeah and and of course then you get the laser sequence at the end of all of that originally going to be a buzzsaw but then they changed it to a laser big chainsaw hands <laughs> um i control my <laughs> um hi dougie i um any C Lab fans appreciate that? <laughs> Anyone write to us, please, if you remember C Lab yeah. 2021, wasn't it? Yeah, it was tw C Lab 2021. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> guys. Let's get on it. Right, get in touch, C Lab fans. Um, yeah. Um, that is a great show. But if, if you don't know what we're referring to, just look up C Lab 2021 and get stoned and enjoy yourself. Pretend yeah. you're 16. Um, so. Back to the chain. It's a great moment, but it's also a laser. great moment of tension. It's a great moment of like, because you can just see the laser coming straight towards him. I always found this bit very confusing when I was a kid because I thought when the laser gets to him, it turns him gold. That's what I thought the laser did. Well, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> this is not what lasers do. Yeah, because um, he was talking about gold. He's like, this is gold. I always loved it. And, you know, I always thought he was talking about the laser. And that's and I was like, oh, that's how they turn the girl to gold. So she got lasered. They painted her gold, you, you absolute moron. Okay, again, I was a kid. I didn't quite, you know. You're, you're an idiot kid. You're a, you're a kid with no brain. Um, okay, have, but... Uh, this is very strange these like psychedelic wanderings into your imagination I like the idea of shooting someone with a laser and turning them into gold but um, you know even Bond films can't bend science to that level um, no but it's a great it's a great moment because you kind of get the feeling oh he's he's gonna die how is he gonna get out of this and he's like and, and they're having I love the fact that they're having like a sort of business conversation while this is going on it's like, it's like I know why are they just like gathering around with popcorn like they're about to watch a guy get lasered in half wouldn't you be mildly interested 
like I don't although know. I'd be a bit squeamish I'd be over in the corner being like I'm just going to go and look at the um, yeah it's like I'm going to go hang out check the levels yeah, yeah exactly but no, I, and we I get think... and we get the great line we get the great line yeah. in that scene you expect yeah. me to talk no, no Mr. Mr. Bond. Mr. Bond I expect you to die yeah I love that moment and it still it still makes me smile and giggle when that it's such a good like it just it clicks it's such a great moment yes um it what it's it's very good this whole sequence because it bamboozles you you think okay well it's bond he's always going to be able to get out of stuff he's always got an answer he's always got a line he's always there's something he's going to be able to um escape and um he he does it in a way that as we've said before now this comes back to this thing of it's like it's a little bit lame and he um, he says some mumbo jumbo. Like I wouldn't believe him. I just cut him in half. Like Goldfinger doesn't need to believe that he knows anything. He's just heard two words, Grand Slam, and he's told no one about it. And Goldfinger knows that. So you know, I don't think there's a plausible reason to keep him alive. Um, I think that um, it doesn't. It's not the way I would have. I would have liked him to escape in some kind of different way. Like maybe. Oh, like if he could have somehow like winkled himself loose and kicked the laser and escaped through a window or like, you know, just anything, something, or or even talked his way out of it in a in a different way, but not in this this way. It feels a little bit clumsy. It feels like they ran out of options. And I think they shouldn't have my so my theory on this is I don't think they should have killed Tilly Masterson. I think they should have kept her alive. I was, yes, I agree. I, I was very and she should have been the Bond girl, and there should never have been a character called Pussy Galore because that is fucking stupid. Even though Honor Blackman is still very good in the film. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. But it does um, feel a bit like a cop out. Like they introduced this character, and you think she's going to be really cool because she could actually fire a gun, even though, you know, it's a bit mistaking of all this other stuff. Like she was trying to hit Goldfinger and not Bond, but like. Yeah, it's a. But it's a great setup. I mean, it's yeah, a great yeah. this idea that she's an assassin after Bond, and then it's and she turned they turn the tables. They should have just put on a black. No, no offense to um, uh, Talia Mallet, is it who plays uh, Tilly Masterson? And and uh, you know, yes, I think it is. Uh, you know, no offense, to her, but just put on a black man in that role. Get rid of the character of Pussy Galore. Make her and Bond allies, and then they go off into the sunset together. Because let's be honest, the whole end of this film where they're going off to supposedly meet the president and Goldfinger who is fat and slow <laughs> and like clumsy is somehow able to overpower three guys, get himself on the plane. With his gun. <laughs> with his gold gun, with his stupid gold gun. And then, um, you know, it's it, it's completely un unbelievable. It's completely ridiculous. And, and, and I like and how then, he... And then it really does, it really does, I, I hate this so much that the entire, the love story for whatever, you know, the lust story, whatever you want to call it, plus the whole denouement of the film hinges on Connery's ability to turn a woman from, turn a queer woman into a you know, heterosexual woman yeah. raping her, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that's... That it's... is fucking gross. Oh, a, it's gross, and B, it's not satisfying as a plot. Um, as no, a plot. it's not. Yeah. It's a little... Yeah, it's a bit icky in some ways. And the whole, like, oh, we're all just going to pretend to go to sleep because she switched the canisters. It's like, she shouldn't have been the one switching the canisters. It should have been, you know... We should have had a whole. I always found that a filtration operation. I'd yeah. love to. I'd love to have a chance to rewrite the second half of this film. I'd love to, and it it it, it frustrates yeah, me just talking about it. But we've got yeah. we're going on about it for too long. We've been talking the about Adam it. cut of Gold yeah the Gold. Adam the Adam rewrite. Um, yeah. Holmes movies uh, does but but look 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 we don't have we don't have time. I have to go get my COVID vaccine. So let's talk about yay yeah exactly. I have a sore arm in about an hour. Uh, let's talk about what what we. What of what of our things that we do? Um, uh, one of the things I really like about this film, and it's what about our fun, it, our fun things? Yeah, it's, this is where I'm getting onto my fun fun bit. Okay, it's, okay, okay. It's the okay. bit when they capture him, and it's after the ejector seat, and he's trying to get away, and the old woman comes out and she starts firing a machine gun at him. I yeah. love that bit, and it's also <laughs> I, I just found out it's actually Alfred Hitchcock's favorite moment in the movie. What? Alfred Hitchcock's favourite moment in the movie? Yeah, that's his favourite moment in the movie with the old woman firing. It does have a sort of Hitchcock twins. That's, it's, it's slightly surreal and a bit... 
Yeah, and she also looks a bit like Goldfinger's mother for some reason. I don't know. She just has. She does, like... look, she does have a sort of Gert Frobe uh, in a dress. Yeah, but I just love the fact that she goes over the top. Like she decides that like, she's just the lady who operates the the toll booth, right? Yeah. But she decides at this moment that she's going to step up. She's like Cooper <laughs> Gooding Jr. in Pearl Harbor. She's going to get out of there and yeah, she's going to yeah. help the team. And she does. Um, I believe you made that comparison, but okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. Um, it, so, so is that your best bit? Is that what? Uh, and that's, I think, I, I, mean, I mean, that's one of my favorite bits of the movie. I think, I, I don't know. What's your best bit? Um, my favorite bit of this film, it, it has to be the... Um, the car chase where you finally get the the sense of what this car can do and it's that bit where you can you still have time to believe that he and um tilly Tilly. are going to be the are going to be the duo that sort of do this film um justice and of course he nearly gets captured but then the car helps bail him out and that's why that's why he shouldn't get captured the second time because it's the car that rescues him it's the 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 chitty chitty bang bang effect um so i still i love that chitty chitty bang bang chitty chitty bang bang we love you come out and get your lollipops also gert frobe is in that film also produced by cubby bro cubby salt wait Hubby Broccoli. Hubby Broccoli and Harry Zaltzman. Um, Hubby Broccoli. Did you say Hubby Broccoli? Hubby Broccoli. I thought you said Hubby Broccoli. No. Um, I don't know what I said. Um, no, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, but also, Gert Frobe is also in The Longest Day. I thought that was quite funny. He's in that film briefly. As is Sean Connery. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah, so so that's the that's my best bit. Uh, what's your best bit? The, the lady with the machine gun? Yeah, the lady bit with the machine gun. I just love that bit. No, it's a similar. Basically, we, we both love that scene. So what's yeah. the stupidest bit of this film stupidest bit um i think the whole like plane putting people to sleep i think that's just a bit silly i don't know it's it just it just it's just bizarre and weird and just i don't know it doesn't really work i get the idea but it just it just it's not as like impactful like them all just being like (laughs) and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean i suppose you're you're supposed to think it's nerve gas yes and that everyone is dead, but no one is. <laughs> you know, it's also like, yeah, and it and it becomes pretty apparent. It becomes apparent pretty quickly that they're not dead, and then you're sort of nervous about like, well, how how exactly did this happen, and what you know. It, yeah, it's sloppy. Yeah, I, I agree. That's it's a very. A very it, it just feels very sloppy, and it doesn't exactly have the same sort of. It doesn't yeah it just it it lacks oomph i think it doesn't it, it never yeah. you, you never you just it just doesn't you just kind of get the feeling oh they're just falling asleep and then when they wake up again it's just like oh yeah that's what they that's what happened they just fell asleep nothing nothing to it <laughs> right right exactly and um and it just it, it looks bad it looks yes it looks not cool um definitely not hip uh, but definitely not cool. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the stupidest bit for me, then, I'll, I'll just say the plane scene at the end. I, but what is Golden? You get sucked up the plane. I always found that scene quite humorous, but also that's like a really silly death for like a really kind of, kind of for the main villain. That's the way he goes out. I I always think like with Goldfinger, the best end for him is just to go to prison. Like he's not, like he's not like a, a Spectre villain or like. Um, is he know, a member of Spectre? there's that like oh god is this this is one of those like i'm the author of all your pain things <laughs> he's not a member of spectre doesn't have anything to do with spectre people who think the goldfinger is inspector need their head examined it's not like the, i think people base it on the fact that he has a ring that might look like a spectre ring but what are we talking about like this is this is stupid it's not um he is an alone operator he wants to make money he's a megalomaniac and i think yeah, it would exactly. be great to just like send him to jail um and forever and ever and throw away the key lock him in fort knox um or have him die in a way that actually is gold related like yeah, have, get him melted in gold or something melted in gold or have gold fall on him or something not getting sucked out of a plane so that bit is my stupidest bit and this is this again when we do the rewrite we'll get this all we'll do this everything will yeah. be done right then. yeah um so who would you recast <laughs> um i think the cast is pretty good um i think so um i've already said my honor blackman uh and uh thing which i'm not i'm not gonna go for that um i would recast felix leiter and seeing as we're going with like the private detective 
uh, model, I'd recast him as Dick Powell uh, from uh, yeah, yeah. Murder My Sweet. Yeah, because uh, you know he's he can actually check Linda. No offense, mate, but like you're about as like threatening looking as a you know as a hamster, and uh, <laughs> he just looks like a bloke who's like just a sort of off on the weekend. Like he, if, if he's a private detective at all, he looks like. Um, someone who sort of spies on on people having affairs. He reminds me of the private detective Davino in uh, The Big Lebowski. I'm a brother <laughs> Seamus. Um, <laughs> Take it easy, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the person that I think I would recast, mainly because I saw it on the trivia page, um, I would replace Gert Frobe with Orson Welles. Oh, they, ori they originally were going to go with Orson Welles, and I think that would have been very interesting. I just love Gert Frobey so much. Like for me, he is yeah. Goldfinger. Like I, I can't, I can't bring myself to. As much as I love Orson Welles, like I think, I think that would probably also take you out of the film a bit because Wells is so impossible to look past. But I, I just, yeah, Frobey, Frobey yeah. is very, very wonderful. I also actually speaking of Orson Welles, Gert Frobey has a lovely cameo in um, Wells is Mister Arcadian, where they they make a big joke out of the fact that actually. Frobe doesn't speak English that well. It's, it's well, he it's, didn't speak English that well here. They had him dubbed in yeah. the movie, like right, much, exactly. Like everybody exactly. got dubbed, even like fucking Adolfo Celli got dubbed by the same guy who you know voiced Tanaka. Well, he's good. The guy who does these, uh, yeah, voices. he's very good. Yeah, he actually inhabits the um, the voice of the actor pretty well, and it's it's really hard to tell when you hear Adolfo Celli. Well, the guy who's dubbing Adolfo Celli, and you hear Goldfinger, like they don't sound the same. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have that many objections to it, but it is there's this really nice sequence in Mr. Arcadian where Goldfinger plays, I mean, <laughs> Kurt Frobey plays a German policeman. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's lovely. Uh, so, um, location. I was, always, I was always thinking as like a joke, this is like a second recast. I would, I would make as a joke, I would recast Kurt Frobey again, but with David Huddleston from The Big Lebowski, and then basically have him. You know, have that. So you have you basically re you basically recast everybody from the Big Lebowski in Goldfinger. It's like you expect me to talk, man? No, I expect you to die, you bum. <laughs> Start talking, you bum. <laughs> this is our concern, dude. We've been practically trying to reach you, 007. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I like that idea. Okay. Um, it's like okay, so we go to, we go to Switzerland. We follow him around. It was like, and then we we could take we could check in the site. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> okay, uh, you've you, you've gone out. You've gone too far. You 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 reel it back in. Pull it back. Pull it back. Reel it back in. All right. Where where are we? Locations. Where do you want to go on holiday? Ah, uh, Switzerland. Oh, you bastard. Okay, fine. Um, I don't want to go to Miami. I will go to the oh, i don't want to go to like kent either wherever that fucking golf club is can i just go to kentucky i know they didn't film it in kentucky but i'd like to go to kentucky i'll pick up some bourbon while i'm there yeah watching. i've always wanted to go to kentucky yeah really why i don't know just, just seems cool it's not it's, kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's got fort knox why what's wrong with you why do you want to go see fort knox <laughs> i don't know it's just it's just I've, I've never been to that part of america before so it'd be interesting just to see what it's like Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I think Louisville. Anyway, yeah. uh, what? A, so that's it. Yeah. Right? Oh no, we have to give it a rating. Rating. Uh, three and a half martinis. Oh, that's controversial. I am giving it four. Around four. Pretty, pretty, pretty much like a solid four as I can give it. I just think the first bit's too good, and and there is some good stuff in the end. And we've been harsh to it. I think I feel like we're going to get some feedback about this, but maybe no one is listening. Um, all right then. Well, so yeah, that concludes we'll, another yeah, episode. We've only got two left. Yeah, we got from Rush with Love and Doctor No, and hopefully No Time to Die will come out this year, Doctor so we can no actually Time to Die. We can actually fucking talk about this film and. Uh, I've been actually thinking about like a Bond film idea the last few days. I've been really been All right, well then, that. yeah, tell me about it some other time. This episode's gone on too long. Yes, but we could tell it as like a bonus episode, like an ending I could like pitch what my do you mean idea. A bonus episode where you get to tell your idea. No one's going to listen to that. <laughs> Sneak it in somewhere else. Okay, fine. But it's, it's I've been thinking about There's it. There's not that think. much to talk about, Dr. Dyer. So <laughs> put it in there. <laughs> We could put it in at the last one. No, but I've been thinking about it and I want to write some stuff down because I was thinking about it. Oh, that could be kind of a cool idea. I mean, it wouldn't happen, but it's, you know, it'd be kind of cool if they actually did. Can you give it to me in like two sentences? Okay. It's, 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 okay. I just cannot wait to hear how shit this is. 
Okay. I've got the cool idea, guys, right? There's a guy, he, he wants to build a space fleet and go to the... What is your idea? Okay, okay is my your... idea isn't exactly... It sort of relates to another Bond film. So my idea... Okay, so, so it's already terrible. No, 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 no. So the, the Empire have built... Get this, we're going to do something unusual. They've built a... De- it's not the Death Star, but it is round, and it, it does look a bit like a moon, uh, and it has a big laser on it. It's not as big as the one on the Death Star, but it's similar. This is what you're. This is what. No, no, no. This is not my idea. This they're is not, not the Empire. They're the First Order. The no, New Order. No, what okay. is it New Order? No, that's a band. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. so it's a, okay, so I'll. So okay, okay, fine. Okay, 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 okay. So, pre-credit sequence. Uh, Don't take me through the whole thing. I said two sentences. What's two the sentences? Plot? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> pre-credit sequence. I mean, I've I've got it all laid out. I've got a good story laid out. Like, but you know, you haven't. You haven't even told me what it is yet. (laughs) That's because you won't allow me to. (laughs) Okay, what's the story? Okay, story is Spectre Blofeld. He's dead. Opening funeral. They're trying to find a successor. Someone's there. He's called the Count. But then he ends up killing every member of Spectre, and he's going out on sort of a revenge mission. But he's not going out. He's also going after them. He's also going after the MI6 agents. What's he after? Who knows. The agent that's sent to sort of investigate it, it's not, it's not James Bond. It's a 007, but it's not James Bond. He's off, and it, I'm thinking sort of like someone like Henry Gooding from uh, Crazy Rich Agents. He could play that guy, because everyone's saying he should play James Bond in a film. Bear with me, bear with me. He's 007, but he's not James Bond? No, 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 no. I'll get to it. I'll get to that in a second. So in, in sort of trying to figure out who this guy is, he finds out he's the son of Tracy. He's the son of Tracy Bond, the, the son that she thought he d- who died. And then the Bond in this movie, it's George Lazenby. You bring back George Lazenby. What? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like so it's like a sequel to like On Her Majesty's Secret Service. So you have like a way of bringing him back. Done. What? what are you talking about? She doesn't get pregnant and have a child. No, 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 no. She was pregnant with the person that you know that she was. You know why she was committing suicide? Because she was. She was. You know, she was mourning the, the death of her son that she thought was ha- that died, but it was actually taken away from her to spite her from the person that stole her money, the Count of whatever in on her Majesty. Monte Cristo, the Count, Count von Count. Yeah, yeah, that guy. So, uh. so, so, yeah. It's little, little, like little revenge, little thing. So that's kind of like my idea. So it, it's called. All the time in the world, a James Bond story. Goodbye. <laughs> Again, it's not something I would take. Can it, can it please end with old George Lazenby saying, "This never happened to the other fellow." No, but you could bring in like little references, like he could. He goes to oh, the high. Andy, uh, it's a Bond film. Of course, there are going to be little references. You know, because then you could have like him dying, and he's buried next to Tracy, and the agent comes down and leaves flowers on his grave, and then someone comes and says to him, we, they, uh, "We've just received a message. You're needed back at MI6. A helicopter is coming for you." Uh, no, I'll take the car, and then it ends well, with. Then it, they pan up, and it's Roger Moore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or just... so, so it's like you know, in, you know, in, um, before the inaugural they have all the old presidents they have like bill clinton and obama and bush yeah. like standing around chatting it's like we, we, we essentially saying that what you want to do is like bring back all the old bond no guys. just 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 lazenby just lazenby bond because i feel like we there's a Dalton good in those. i mean i know <laughs> you could probably do that you could do like a dalton redo or something like that but it's just like i thought it was just funny like to kind of bring, like a way to kind of redeem that character and maybe bring back a little bit of sense of like you know kind of close this off that story is, this is a fucking bizarre Did, how many drugs were you on when you thought of this like this oh, is not any drugs i was sober when i came up with this idea absolutely insane um but i like it so, it's like you could do like a Blade Runner 2049 thing where it's like, you know, like they bring back old Harrison Ford. So you have him. Why is like, Harrison Ford doing in there? No, but it, like Harrison Ford, you just have George Lazenby's body. I didn't kill your wife. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and I think he, like the way he tries to find Bond, he goes switch to. Switch the samples, pussy. <laughs> you, you switch the samples. And then he goes to like try and find out where James Bond is. He goes to find Felix Leiter, who's, man, who's running a boatyard in the Caribbean. You could get oh, like God Ma- Michael played by Michael. Shit? Redemption. You can get him played by James Kahn or Michael Madsen or something like that. And, and then and as, and as, and as your brain has gone on absolute holiday. <laughs> this is a, this is lunacy. This is the kind of thing 
this is the kind of thing we would have come up with when we were seven. Oh my god. James Bond fan fiction kind of thing. <laughs> it's not just James Bond fan fiction, it's like James Bond lunatic fiction. It's like the, that sort of fan fiction. That, but I tell you what, I tell you what, it's still better than View to a Kill. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So but anyway, so it, yeah. It, 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 honestly, it this would be if this Bond film of yours got made, it would still be better than about four or five Bond films. So in on that score alone, it should be worth a shot. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. But I mean I'm sure Lazenby has a fan base, so people could easily come yeah, back we're to We're part the... of that. We're we're part of that on yeah, yeah. Secret Service fan base. We're big believers in that film. But um I have the idea that he's running like an olive field that he like, you know, the, like an like a farm. You keep, we keep, I keep giving you chances to end the podcast <laughs> and you keep bringing in new ridiculous ideas for your Yeah, place. and then you could, you could like have him like come out like he's in the darkness and he's like putting two olives into his no martini glass. No one would grass. recognize Lazenby. Anyway, this whole reveal that you have of like George Lazenby and <laughs> George fucking Lazenby, no one knows who he is. <laughs> and then he says like, so you're Bond. And then, and then Lazenby comes out of the darkness so you see his face, James Bond. He says, James Bond. Andy, I, I have to go. <laughs> okay, all right. So, yeah, that's my little quick elevator pitch of uh, that. That was so... not quick. That was not an elevator pitch. That feels like being stuck in an elevator with a madman. That's not That's not an elevator pitch. I told you it was in two sentences. The, said the podcast was going on for too long. You disregarded that, and you laid a steaming pile of insanity right <laughs> Okay, Otherwise, okay. Interesting discussion about Goldfinger. Okay, 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 okay. Here is the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening to Gold, us talking about Goldfinger and me giving a slightly bad pitch of some James Bond fan fiction. Uh, do check back with us when we listen, sorry, when we talk about From Russia With Love and Dr. No, and hopefully we get a chance to talk about No Time To Die. I'm really excited to see that film finally and actually just get a sense of how they're going to... <laughs> George Lazenby is in No Time To Die. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing that would be pretty amazing if they did no, that no it wouldn't <laughs> stupid stinging in the rain that's not funny 007 where's your butler friend oh he blew a fuse shocking where's Drax he had to fly. Positively shocking. You missed, Mr. Bond. I think he got the point. Right idea, Mr. Bond. But wrong pussy. You're not thinking that. I sure am, boy. You expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. It's a Smith and Wesson. And you've had your six. 